2: This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into My Guys in the Desert. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday. I'm Stormy Bonantoni live from our VSIN studio, coming to you from Circus Sportsbook. We've got a fun show on tap, as we always do. Um, we're going to take a look at. The teams that were knocked out in the divisional round and see what's next for them. Um, obviously, two major quarterbacks in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, who aren't in the postseason anymore. We're gonna look at those big conference championship week games, get some some leans and opinions on those. Ariel Epstein's gonna help us out with that. She's a host and betting analyst over at Yahoo Sportsbook. Also, resident prop queen. You want some good props in the NBA NFL. She's your girl. So get some good options to look forward to, um, especially with the fewer amount of games. There's so many more markets that you can really hone in on and see what good numbers you can find. We'll also get the books perspective. Johnny Avello of DraftKings is going to join us, tell us where the money went at DK this past weekend. Um, look ahead to where the early money is flowing and handle. We already know there is big movement in the Kansas City Bengals game with regards to that total. It opened around 50-51, shot up to 54 and a half. So get some more of his perspective. And v Zone, Tim Murray hosts the nightcap here on v from 7 to 10 Eastern. He'll join us top college hoops. There is a full slate of college basketball action tonight, as well as NBA. So lots of fun things to get to, but let's get to the news with our top five stories that impact us as betters. There was big news in the NFL this afternoon, as we all know now, Saints head coach Sean Payton informed the team that after 15 seasons at the helm of the organization, he is stepping away. So three years remaining on his deal with the Saints after signing that extension back in 2019. So New Orleans could maintain his rights if he decides to return to coaching, would require compensation if he wanted to go coach for another team, but the winningest head coach in Saints history led New Orleans to the playoffs nine times, including that Super Bowl run in Super Bowl 44, but this year, rounded out the season just nine and eight, didn't make the playoffs, had four different starting quarterbacks when it comes to different injury issues or COVID concerns. It's a new era without franchise quarterback Drew Brees. And those two arrived the same year back in 2006. So Brees is gone. Now apparently Sean Payton gone as well. The Saints were 35-1 to on the futures board for next year's Super Bowl. On that look ahead, still there at 35-1 to even after the news. Maybe that's something we asked Johnny Avello about later on. In the program, if that number will change when we know who will be at the helm of the Saints next year. Number two on our list, one team still in the hunt to win the big game: San Francisco 49ers and their head coach Kyle Shanahan offered up some updates on left tackle Trent Williams as well as wide receiver Debo Samuel, who both had injuries after that divisional round game. Williams suffered a right ankle injury in the third quarter of the win over Green Bay, and while he didn't come out of the game, he was seen on crutches afterwards. X-ray showed no fracture, but additional tests, I guess, had some older issues up that might just be lingering in the issue, uh, in the ankle rather, and have made it hard to determine the severity of the injury. So Shanahan said they're going to see how it heals and reacts throughout the week. No status determination as of yet. Samuel, meanwhile, is sore, but okay. He had a helmet hit his right knee um, on that final run that set up the game-winning field goal against the Packers. Shanahan said he's expected to be available for practice all week. Jeff Wilson also, meanwhile, diagnosed with a low ankle sprain and will be questionable for the NFC Championship game against NFC West rival LA Rams. Meanwhile, in the NBA, uh, LA Clippers star Paul George could require surgery himself. According to ESPN NBA reporter Brian Windhorst, there's at least a chance the PG-13 could miss the rest of the season if he gets elbow surgery. Kawhi Leonard yet to suit up for this year. George having been limited just to 26 games due to that injury. The Clippers have struggled to the tune of a 23 and 25 mark, barely hanging on to a spot in the play-in tournament. Clippers are at the Washington Wizards tonight as four and a half point dogs. Total 219 and a half. Also tonight. Another team in LA, the Lakers continue a 6-game Eastern Conference road trip at Barclays Center. They're taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Both teams have really struggled though lately. Nets are 6 and 7 so far to open up the 2022 portion of their schedule. Not exactly what you'd expect out of the odds on favorite to win the title plus 250. The Lakers 2 and 5 over their last 7 games, a lack of rhythm from this season's newly constructed roster led to reports we told you the other day that Frank Vogel's job being closely evaluated because of it. Good to note though, Anthony Davis has been upgraded to probable, for tonight's game, um, he hasn't played since December 17th with a knee sprain, and would be a big boost for that group defensively. The Nets did win the first matchup back on Christmas, 122 to 115, but they'll be without Kyrie Irving, who obviously can't play home games, and Kevin Durant dealing with an, a knee issue as well will not be available. Plenty more hoops on tap, but in the college game as well tonight, most notably a top 10 Pac-12 clash between the number three ranked Arizona Wildcats and the number seven ranked UCLA. Bruins first time in nearly two months fans will be in attendance at Pauly Pavilion uh, the 16 and 1 Wildcats laying two and a half against the 13 and two Bruins and I know this is a news section but I guess I can give you my opinion it's our last item in the top five why not um, I really like the Wildcats here uh, Tommy Lloyd's got a complete team there in Tucson they ranked top 10 in both offensive and defensive adjusted efficiency they're the second tallest team in the country so you know they're just gobbling up the boards. They also have assists on two-thirds of their field goals made. The Cats love to push the pace. They can score at will. Their lowest scoring output, 76 points this year. So Bruins really good team, too. Don't get me wrong. Top 10 for a reason. This is going to be a really, really fun game, but I would bet the Wildcats up to four even. I really, really like Arizona in that spot. Um, like I said off the top, we were going to look at some of the teams around the NFL um, that were knocked out this past week in the divisional round and maybe see where they go from here. Um, those teams, of course, the Buccaneers, the Packers, the Titans, and the Buffalo Bills. Um, so should these teams panic? Should they not? Where do they stand moving forward? Let's start with the Buccaneers. Um They're a team that could be a 1 or could be a 10, depending on the way that you you slice this one. Um, So let's call it like a 50% because it could go either way so easily. I'm not panicking about Tom Brady. I know a lot of you are, especially if you're a Brady or a Buccaneers fan. Um, Because if he leaves... He blows up the team. I get why you're thinking that way. Like, they have no plan at quarterback without him. Blaine Gabbert, who's also a free agent anyways, is not going to be the guy. You're not in draft position to get somebody. You don't have the resources to trade for somebody significant. But the talk right now that we are hearing about his potential retirement and um, how family has changed his perspective on football, Like I don't think that's anything new. I feel like in the of the past few years, these are very similar comments that We've heard his goal. I've heard him outwardly say numerous times, play till you're 45, see what that takes you. He turns 45 this August. Um, he's clearly physically capable. The man had a career-best 5,136 pass yards this year, a league-best 43 regular season touchdowns. He's the greatest of all time. Seven rings, no contest, no debate. And I think his wife and kids are going to be fine with letting him play as long as he wants to play. So Brady, I'm not as worried about, um, whereas a lot of fans are. Where I am worried is, is what you do beyond Brady. Because for as great as he is, he's not going to be able to do it all. And this offseason, the Bucks are likely going to lose a coordinator, right? Maybe two. Losing weapons. We already know AB is gone. But Chris Godwin, um, we don't know how he's going to come back from injury. He is coming off the franchise tag. And there's a number of these guys we just don't know the future of roster-wise. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, OJ Howard, um, Gronk, JPP, Ryan Jensen, and Dominican Sue. Like, the list goes on and on. So how are the Bucs going to figure that out moving forward? So that's where my panic meter is. It could go could go from 0 to 10 real fast. So we'll put it in the middle as of right now. The Packers are another team that I have right in the middle because everything comes down to Aaron Rodgers. Again, this is like the quarterback hour. Um, but I would love to hear from Green Bay fans, actually. Get in my mentions at Storm Tony. I'm very curious if you're panicking more or less than last offseason as we embark on the beautiful mystery tour Part two, I guess. We all know he requested a trade last season with the Jordan Love communication issues. That was all tabled for the last dance that everybody called it with him um, and Devontae Adams posting that post, right? Um, With success can come a change of heart. And so I do see Aaron Rodgers coming back here. I think that's the most likely solution, especially given that Jordan Love is clearly not ready based on everything that we've seen. Um, Matt LaFleur said, on on not only himself, but on behalf of ownership and leadership, they want Aaron Rodgers to be a Packer until he retires. I think a lot of their issues have been mended. Um, And he clearly hasn't skipped a beat in the talent department. So the reason that I'm 50-50 on this is because it all comes down to Rodgers, who— even when he's transparent, doesn't necessarily make the most sense. And I don't truly know where his head's at. They obviously haven't reached the ultimate, again, since that first Super Bowl, the last three years under Matt LaFleur, great regular seasons, but haven't gotten where you want to go. Um, the Titans, however, are a team that I have very high on my panic meter. I, I rated this at an eight out of 10. Extremely disappointing end to the season after being a top seed. And the big question that I'm gleaning from fans of the team is that if not this year, if you weren't gonna win the Super Bowl and get the ultimate prize this year, then when are you going to? Especially considering all the key pieces of your team that were lost for a significant time during the season, most notably Derrick Henry, of course. You still earned the bye and you didn't do anything with it, been to the postseason the last three years, cut short of the Super Bowl each time. And again, quarterbacks, um, what do you do here with Ryan Tannehill? You look specifically at that divisional round game, three interceptions, much of the loss had to do with him and is on his shoulders better quarterback play you get the win at home and there's no real solution to that um given the cap space situation and what can you get realistically if you were to trade him it's just not really there for me um this team has needs along the offensive line he was the most sacked quarterback next to Joe Burrow um don't waste a defense that we saw be. Very, very good, despite a revolving door of injuries. And then last one here, the Buffalo Bills, um, they're very solid, obviously. They have all the pieces in place for this team. The panic meter is extremely low, even with um, their offensive coordinator potentially moving on for a head coaching gig. The only two things that Bills fans should worry about is that tails never fails is an absolute lie. I just want to get that out there. And that the road to the Super Bowl is always going to go through Kansas City and the AFC. How do you get over that hump? Those are the only things you should worry about. While those teams might be out of the big game. We are going to be with you for the big game, for everything leading up to it. We want to make sure you're a part of our plans here at V-CIN. Um, We'll be with you throughout the playoffs. Like I said, championship weekend, 56 hours of free video coverage. Just come right here to VSIN.com. It's the biggest game of the year. So make plans to join us before, during, and after the action on VSIN.com. More of My Guys coming up.
2: to my guys in the desert with stormy bonantoni on vsin the sports betting network
0: down a win with the football showdown series presented by Amazon Prime Videos. Reacher, play free fantasy football during the playoffs and fight for your share of $20,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Reacher. Now to get in on the action terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, I'm Stormy Von and Tony. Time for everybody's Nudity-free filled segment. We're going streaking! Or are we? That is the question. Will these trends in the NFL continue into championship weekend? Starting with the underdog 6-0 against the spread the last six meetings between the Rams and 49ers. Maybe streaking, maybe we're streaking for this one? Uh I think betters are gonna be heavy on the Rams this week, understandably so. They've been, they've had just such dominant moments, and it's really hard to beat a team seven straight meetings, but San Francisco I think is really underdog built Um, they haven't the Rams so consistency because of luck or because of a fluke. There's something there. So I think there's plenty of reason to believe this is going to be another ugly game by San Francisco and just enough to keep it close and make it interesting. Another streak we got here. The under is 7-1 in 49 in the last eight playoff games for the San Francisco 49ers. This is another one that I'm on the fence about, but I lean more toward not streaking. I know San Francisco. I've watched plenty of their games, enough to know that they are a hard under team. I want to say they're 6-1 to the under their last seven games as well, but you know what that one is? They went over against the Los Angeles Rams, and that was before it went into overtime. I don't believe this is one that's going to soar over by any means, but offensively, I think San Francisco should be able to do more now that they're out of the cold. Lord help us. Um, And we already know L.A. is going to put up points, so I lean over. Um, Bengals are 6-0 ATS in their last six games overall. I don't think they're streaking on this one. I think there's certainly a world in which the Bengals do cover, and do win. I mean, we saw them beat Kansas City in Week 17 not too long ago. Um, I think the seven is the right number there for Kansas City, though. I lean with the Chiefs. I wouldn't be interested in it if you have the seven and a half hook that we've seen some places, but I do like the Chiefs by a touchdown. Last one here, over. The over is seven and zero oh in the Chiefs' last seven games overall. And I'm streaking here. Give mama points. Um, I know a lot of players jumped in right away when the number was around 50 to 51. Um, bet that number way up to 54 and a half, I want to say, is where it's sitting right now. I'd still take it. Um, Kansas City's put up 42 each game so far themselves. The Bengals' D is much worse than the Bills on paper. And no matter how many times Joe Burrow was sacked on the other end, he's still going to make plays. I see another big offensive game here. Um, and if they're meeting back a couple weeks ago, there's anything to say for it. We got another over game on our hands. Let's discuss these games further with our good friend Ariel Epstein, host and betting analyst at Yahoo Sportsbook. First off, though, rip to your Bills preseason ticket brutal 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 way to go out on a coin flip my friend
4: it was absolutely horrible stormy thanks for having me on yeah that preseason ticket at 12 to 1 was just a heartbreaker i even doubled up on it by betting the plus two and a half on buffalo too i just can't believe that we are in the playoffs where everyone gets eliminated at some point if you lose And it's all decided by a 50-50 coin toss. I mean, come on, NFL. Every other sport has seemed to figure out their extra innings or their overtime. You are the only sport left that has this horrible rule that you actually changed a few years ago into being worse. I get that the league wants to limit and help with players' safety. Maybe just do it in the regular season and then be able to do more of a both teams get to have possession type overtime when it comes to the playoff
0: and not to sound overly bitter here, but if you really cared that much about player safety, you probably wouldn't have added an extra regular season game or a car crash as some people say, but that's just me just putting it out there. Completely yeah, yeah. agree with you. You said it was a crime that that game wasn't an AFC championship. It was a crime. Josh Allen didn't get the football one more time, but now that the chiefs are moving on, they're obviously facing the Bengals as touchdown favorites back at arrowhead, Do you like the team that beat the Bills to make it all the way to the Super Bowl? Or what are your thoughts on this meeting?
4: I do like the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. This is a great teaser spot. You could tease the Chiefs down to basically a pick-em. The Chiefs are winning this game at Arrowhead because the Bengals have exactly what the Chiefs had last year where they couldn't win a Super Bowl, a terrible offensive line. The Chiefs know this. The Chiefs actually got beat by this, and they're going to take advantage knowing that they could do the same thing back a year later to their opponent. Now the Bengals offense is great. That's why I see this game being very similar to what we just saw in the divisional round between the Bills and the Chiefs. Two defenses that aren't really existent and two amazing high-flying offenses. The Chiefs, I'm targeting their tight end, Travis Kelsey, because the place that the Bengals really struggle, it's the tight end position. Mm -hmm. The Bengals have allowed for the fifth most receiving yards per game to tight ends. You're going up against the best tight end, if not one of the best tight ends in the league, and Travis Kelsey, It's going to be a huge problem for this Bengals defense.
0: And I mean, Kelsey was fantastic the other night, caught eight of nine targets for 96 yards. He's been a touchdown machine as well, which is why, unfortunately, you don't get a lot of good value on Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown anymore, but he's gotten the end zone six touchdowns in his last five games. Um, Definitely good just to keep an eye out on what props might be available for him. What about in the Rams 49ers matchup? Don't tell me something I'm not going to want to hear about San Francisco. I can only take so much.
4: I'm sorry, Stormy. I have to. With... I have to be realistic here. I love the Rams in the spot. Now, granted, the trends don't go in my favor considering the 49ers have completely owned the Rams with Shanahan versus McVeigh. The Rams just have the better offense. I'm very concerned for your quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who has a banged up thumb and a banged up shoulder. He was in five degree Lambeau field last weekend, yet he looked terrible. The offense looked terrible. And Debo Samuel was incredible except now he's banged up and had to take a knee during practice earlier this week. I'm concerned for the health of the 49ers offense. Their defense is good. The thing is, the Rams' pass rush looked incredible last week. Now, their secondary is bad. That's why that game was so close with the Rams and the Bucs, because the Rams made mistakes, and they allowed for the Bucs' secondary at the end of the game, or excuse me, the Bucs' offense to attack their secondary at the end of the game. The 49ers can attack this Rams' secondary, They just need the quarterback healthy enough to do it. That is my biggest concern. As long as the Rams don't get forced into making mistakes by the 49ers, the Rams should win and cover this game going to the Super Bowl.
0: Trust me, girl. I have a lot of concerns as well. The emotional concerns, physical concerns. No, it's all there. I get Uh, it. (laughs) With regards, though, to the game, what do you think it is about this matchup that's been so problematic for L.A. in the past. Because even in the last meeting at the end of the year, when essentially they could have, I mean, the Rams could have knocked San Francisco out of the postseason altogether had they won that game, had a 17-point lead at halftime, and then for whatever reason couldn't hold on.
4: Yeah, it's the secondary. The Rams' secondary is just so bad, and it's oh, it's like what we saw in Rams Chiefs. It's gonna, or excuse me, in B- Bills Chiefs. It's gonna come down to the wire as to who's whose secondary can play better. And in the Rams situation, their secondary just doesn't exist. Their, the Rams have allowed for someone like a Debo Samuel to attack them because he's so good at either catching the ball out of the backfield or just being so quick to get downfield and catch a ball like a normal wide receiver. The Rams have to clean things up in the back, and that's where their issues lie. Now, if they can do that, and if they can apply pressure to Jimmy G, then they're going to have a successful game, L.A., the 49ers have a better offensive line, though, than what we saw last week. And that's why the Rams were able to attack the Bucs, because the Bucs were without their left tackle and Tristan in Wirfs. And that took a huge, I mean, that was a huge reason why the Bucks ended up losing that game, was because of the lack of protection on Tom Brady. If the 49ers can protect Jimmy G., Well, it's all up to Jimmy G at that point, and you're going to have to be the one as a 49ers fan to tell me if your quarterback's healthy enough to play this game because if he's not and he gets pressured by Aaron Donald, one of the best defensive players in the league on the Rams side, well, this is going to be a really long game for someone who has a really banged-up thumb and a really banged-up shoulder.
0: Yeah, it's not just Aaron Donald either. You got Von Miller coming at you. Any other props that you have in that meeting
4: specifically? You just mentioned it. The linebacker for the Rams Von Miller. He has the second most total tackles this playoff run so far in these two games for the Rams. And when you go up against San Francisco linebackers actually have been really successful. 16 linebackers in 19 games have had at least nine total tackles against the 49ers. It tends to be linebackers that lead the way. Now granted it's not going to be Von Miller who leads the tacklers most likely for the Rams. He usually has about four tackles a game. However, The prop for this week was three and a half on Von Miller, and he had four. As long as that number stays at three and a half on Miller's total tackles, I'm taking the over.
0: Really, really good point. Uh, Before we let you go, we got about a minute left here. Uh, In the NBA, nine games tonight. The Knicks, however, are not on the card. I saw you're boycotting Knicks props. Don't worry about it. You don't have to be tempted. Is there anything that you do like tonight, though, in the NBA?
4: I like the Toronto Raptors power forward, Pascal Siakam, double-double. He's actually uh, had at least 11 rebounds in five of his seven games, went up against the team, bottom 10 in rebounds allowed. The Charlotte Hornets are bottom 10 in points, rebounds, and assists allowed. I also like for the power forward, Jason Tatum, to go over for the Boston Celtics of 35.5 points plus rebounds. He's gone over this in six out of the nine games where he's faced a bottom 10 defense and a bottom 10 rebounding defense. Sacramento bottom 10 in those categories. I did the averages too. the averages between um, Tatum when he's against the bottom 10 defense. He's averaging just under 28 points per game. So make sure to take Tatum and last one Wood over 19 and a half points. Christian Wood, get in on it. Thank you, Ariel. You're the best. Thanks.
0: That's Ariel Epstein of Yahoo Sportsbook. When we come back, are we fading or following the biggest public plays of the day? And Johnny Avello of DraftKings joins us. Don't go anywhere.
2: to my guys of the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network.
0: Welcome back, live from Las Vegas, this segment of My Guys in the Desert, brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, they're spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, plus many more, and for your convenience, every variety now comes in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you as well. Zen America's number one nicotine pouch available in over one, 100,000 locations nationwide so it's never been easier to find your Zinn. Head on over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N slash F-I-N-D. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Time for fade or follow. There are a number of large, heavily bet public plays tonight in college basketball, NBA, NHL. We're going to see if we agree or disagree with where the public is going, starting with the Kentucky Wildcats. at against Mississippi State as nine-point favorites. This game is in Rupp Arena, 93% of the handle, 79% of bets on the Wildcats. I'm not betting this game. I would follow or pass. Um, the Wildcats are without star freshman Ty Ty Washington. He went from questionable to being listed as out. Um, Kentucky should win this game. They're in a bounce-back spot after losing to Auburn. They're motivated. They're at home where they're 12-0, really, really good this year. The reason I'm staying off this game though is tie Washington and the potential look-ahead factor. They've got a game with Kansas coming up and It makes me hesitant to lock a bet in either way. In the NHL, the Nashville Predators are minus 160 on the money line in Seattle to take on the Kraken. 89% of the handle, 94% of bets back in Nashville. And I like this one. The Kraken have won three of their last four games, so I'm a little surprised that it's such a public play to go against them considering they've been better. But I completely agree. I am unconvinced Seattle has turned the mystical corner. I think that um, they've had just a more agreeable schedule over that win streak wins over Chicago and San Jose don't really do it for me. Beating Florida looks great but it was also a pretty lucky result I think given that Florida was in the middle of a long road trip. Nashville's rested. I think they get the win or I checked in with our guy Sean King Puckstradamus who told me he's taken the Preds puck line. So put that in your pocket. In the NBA tonight Spurs and Rockets. The over getting a lot of action. Over 235 and a half. 94% of the handle. This is a fade the public spot for me. Spurs are averaging 110 points per game and allowing 111, Rockets averaging 108 allowing 116, either way you cut it whether it's 218 total points or 227, both of them at least by the law of averages are well below the 235 and a half. And if you look at some of these trends, the unders 5 and 1, the last 6 meetings between these two teams, the Spurs have gone under the posted total in 4 of their last 5 games in general, and the Rockets have also played under games in their last 4 when playing on 3 days or more rest. So that is a fade the public spot in the NBA. Time now to welcome in our good friend Johnny Avello, Director of Sportsbook Operations at DraftKings. Get the book's perspective. Hello, Johnny. How are you this afternoon?
5: Hey, Storm. I'm good. Thank you much.
0: Good. Thank you for joining us again. I know last week when we talked, you said that San Francisco Green Bay game in the divisional round was mo- the most heavily bet. Green Bay was getting all of the action. Well, they end up not only not covering, they get upset straight up. Underdogs go three and one. Had to have been a great weekend for the books. Where did that one rank for you guys in terms of divisional round play?
5: Oh, that one's right at the top, Stormy. <laughs> uh, you know, that was the uh, second biggest handle of the day. Uh, the, the whole Saturday was good for us. That, that game starting us, you know, that game being the second game played. But the two games were both big handles and both great wins for us. Sunday, not so much. Uh, You know, we, we lost actually on both games, but nothing compared to what we won. So we would take that weekend every weekend for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, a pair of top seeds after a bye week. Don't go down that often. Um, as the games get fewer, though, I know the lines get sharper, so I'd love to get your analysis on the two games that are coming up for championship weekend, um, maybe where the opening line started, where the money has shifted things, if at all, so far. Um, let's start with that Kansas City-Bengals game.
5: Yeah, we open at 6.5. Uh, the side, we're up to 7. It's been all Kansas City money so far. Yeah, there's only a small portion of the money in, but what is in is on KC. Uh, 80% of the money is on them so far. Uh, On the total, we open 51.5. We're up to 54.5. That is even more overwhelmingly bet uh, as we have very little money on the under. My take on this game, if it gets to seven and a half, eight, I think you'll see the the sophisticated jump in and take uh, anything that's probably over 7, definitely 8. On the second game... Sorry.
0: Oh sorry. just to follow up on that total um with it being bet up so quickly. Is that 54 and a half a pretty stable spot you think where it might land or if people keep betting the over will you move it up?
5: Did you watch last weekend's game story between the <laughs> Bills and Kansas City?
0: Hey, it was it was looking like it could have been an under game until the 2 minute drill,
5: okay? Yeah, that that is true. Uh no, I think that it'll probably reach 55. Um you know, that, and that's also a key number in betting. Uh, on the on the second game, the Rams, we opened three and a half. We're still at three and a half. And it looks like, you know, no movement in the line. So, you know, no side of taking heavier action than the other. That's not true. Uh, the Rams have taken probably 60% of the action. Uh, and on the money line, they've taken 70% of the action. And, you know, the interesting part about these games is they're teams that have met already during the year, in the Rams case, a couple of times. Uh, you know, and the Rams would sure like to... Avenge the last loss, and same with the Chiefs. And I think that's in betters' minds. They think if a team loses, that the team may be more motivated to win this game doesn't always work out that way, but it's a nice story.
0: I'm sure the Rams are absolutely sick and tired of hearing the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay narrative that they can't get a win, don't want to make it seven straight. Um, in terms of futures liability, though, for Super Bowl winners, we had Vinny Maiulo on the program yesterday at the South Point, and he joked with me about my 49ers, 30 to one Super Bowl ticket, that it was me and 5,000 of my closest friends because that was a number, or that was a team that a lot of people were betting for the Super Bowl futures. They had some liability there is that the same song and dance for you guys or which teams that are still remaining might you have some liability on
5: you mean 4900 of your closest <laughs> friends right there we go yeah yeah um you, you know the the packers the titans and the bucks uh all taking a early january vacation that's really good for us uh th- those teams were were not the best uh and now the rams are the only hazard that we still have to win the Super Bowl. As far as the conferences are concerned, we're in good shape on both sides as of now.
0: Okay, with regards to some of these uh, games coming up, I know usually closer to game time is when you get maybe the bigger bets, but have you guys gotten any big bets for championship weekend yet?
5: I would say not anything to speak of, but I can tell you after last weekend with that strong, healthy handle on the pregame, and the in uh, game, like uh, something I've never seen before, so extraordinary. I would expect this to be another banner weekend for Handle. Of course, I'm not a fortune teller, so I can't predict the results. But I'll take the Handle, and then we'll. We'll let that play out wherever it
0: may. Everybody is betting these games. I think that you'll be in good shape with Handle. I agree completely. One kind of off the wall question I had for you with the news coming out earlier today that Saints head coach Sean Payton was going to be stepping away. Um, their odds for next year's Super Bowl are already out on DraftKings, and they were at 35 to 1, didn't budge when he made his announcement. Do you anticipate that number potentially moving when you do know who the next hire will be?
5: Yeah, I would say when we know who the next hire is. Now, what we have up on our site right now is uh, coach who's going to be the next coach of about four different teams. We'll add that team to the mix too. Uh, so at least you can bet on that proposition. But yeah, depending on who the coach is, uh, you know that that number could. I can only see it going up. Can't see it going down. To be honest with you.
0: Interesting. Well, listen, we know that the NFL is getting all the love right now, but there's only two games this week and there's only so much you can build up. So there's lots of college basketball, lots of NBA to bet. Is the handle still going strong or will it just pick up more and more from this point with the NFL games going down?
5: Yeah. You know, uh, the NFL games, these, these last three games are going to write a ton of money. They're going to be the main focus, but now after the championship games this week, uh, you know, College basketball will be a focus again, although it's not like it's been out of focus. Mm -hmm. And the NBA handle's been strong all year. So I'd look for both of those to uh, continue and pick up when there's no more football.
0: And there are some new sports to the docket as well, Johnny, from what I hear. Is it the American Cornhole League? Are we having cornhole on DraftKings here soon?
5: We had cornhole last year, but now we have it in more states. We're adding props and different ways to bet it. So... Uh, yeah, we've been uh, we've been doing that. We did it last year. Uh, it's going to be much bigger this year because now it's getting noticed.
0: That is one of my favorite things about DraftKings, just how unique you guys get in the market. And I do know Super Bowl weekend, there's a super hole, courthole tournament that's going to be right here in Las Vegas. So we'll have to check out the odds. Thank you, Johnny. You're amazing.
5: Thanks, Stormy. Talk soon.
0: That's Johnny Avello, director of sportsbook operations over at DraftKings. The the more you know, okay? And there, I got to tell you, there is insight that I, fun fact about Stormy, I was a cornhole reporter for a couple of events on ESPN a few years back. And it is really interesting. There are stats that you can dig into. It is a very bettable product. So I am super excited about this. We might have to do a cornhole segment next week.
4: TBD.
2: to my guys in the desert with stormy bonantoni on vsin the sports betting network
0: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. And you can subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. We are wrapping things up here on My Guys in the Desert live from Las Vegas at Circus Sportsbook. And it's time for Hot Take Tuesday. Our producer Stephanie gives us some takes and it is my job to determine how hot said take is. Starting with, she says, the Colts would be the best option for Aaron Rodgers. I say this with the caveat, if Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers, I don't think that's all that hot. I think he'd be a pretty good fit over there with Indy. No, I mean contractually it makes sense to trade Carson Wentz and some draft stock. Um, Packers in a good spot to rebuild they get a vet Roger slides in and instantly a Super Bowl contender I like it um, I, I clearly see that Stephanie has um, seen some of the photoshopped photos of Aaron Rodgers face on other uniforms I do think actually the maybe the best landing spot though for him would be a place like Denver a team that year in and year out needs a franchise quarterback doesn't have one they've got a great defense plug him in there you got some weapons Jerry Judy Portland Sutton I like it I like it okay The Bengals and 49ers are making the Super Bowl. All right, Steph. While we know it would be electric, that's we're getting a little too hot here. Um, odds makers don't believe it, which hurts my heart. I think it would be pretty cool. It's a plus 800 money line parlay if you got those two this weekend. Um, at DraftKings, the 49ers to beat the Bengals in that Super Bowl exact of 14 to 1. Bengals to beat San Francisco 20 to 1. The Chiefs to me, I mean, you guys know I'm on San Francisco plus the points this week, but the Chiefs to me just seem ready made to go to the Super Bowl again. I think that they're going to beat the Bengals. I know Stephanie doesn't agree, which is why she threw that in there last one here the nfl overtime rules do not need to change getting a stop is part of the game stephanie has a goal on this program of making me angry and i think she's starting to succeed because i hate this take with a burning passion this is a spicy carolina reaper take for me um don't come at me on social media that Nobody to blame but themselves. They don't have any excuse. They should have played. They do have an excuse. You can't let a coin flip. Playing offense and defense are very different parts of a football game very very different and the fact that you let one elite quarterback touch the football and not another one makes me sick and it's not just because of the Bills Chiefs game I was looking at some of the numbers in the 11 playoff games that have gone to overtime since this rule was instituted in 2010 the team that won the coin flip has won 10 of those 11 games makes me sick you get a rebuttal and freaking beer pong you should get it in an NFL playoff game that's just me anyways let's bring in somebody who can make me happy again and he always does Tim Murray Vison host of the nightcap here 7 to 10 p.m Pacific I please make me feel better Tim Stephanie has got me really frustrated with these hot takes how are you
2: I'm great I and I'm just enjoying uh, you guys you getting all fired up there so <laughs> I mean I'm I'm just I'm just sitting back here drinking my coffee. Be like, what do you need me for?
0: (laughs) How do you feel about the overtime rules now that, now that it's out there, what was your synopsis on the situation?
2: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Um, You know, I am, I am of the mindset and I, I understand. I I had uh, uh, an old colleague of mine uh, retweet me on Sunday night saying, Tim, it's not elementary school, you know, and not everyone gets a chance. I'm like, you know, it's the playoffs, man. I, I think, we could I I would like to see it go just in the playoffs I, I'm cool with it in the regular season I, it doesn't really bug me but in, in the playoffs I'd like to see it go soccer style I mean in in soccer you play 30 minutes of extra time and you could score seven goals and the game's still gonna be mm-hmm. played on so um you know if it's tied after 15 minutes then maybe you go to sudden death I, I don't know if there's a perfect answer but you know for the postseason I would love to see it you know, both teams get an opportunity to score. I know Chiefs fans are saying, but it happened to us three years ago. Yeah. And I didn't like that. I would Mm -hmm. have loved to see Patrick Mahomes get an opportunity against Steph's Patriots. Maybe this is why Steph's all in (laughs) on it because it worked to the Patriots favor. See, I'm in, I'm in. Typical
0: mind games with this lady. Uh, No, but I totally agree with you. And there is a difference. If you want to continue with the rule in the regular season while it's still not a rule that I'm a big fan of I don't really care for it in general but I get the reason why it's been instituted but the postseason's a different animal think that the best team should close it out and get an opportunity that's just my opinion anyways last thing before we move on from the NFL uh do you have a favorite bet or a lean at least so far with these championship weekend games
2: you know, I, I really don't. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm more of a contrarian type, so my mind is trying to talk me into the Bengals here, taking the <laughs> points because it feels like everyone's going to be on the Chiefs in this game. Um, obviously, if it were the regular season, this would be a no-brainer. I mean, I'd be all over the Bengals, letdown spot, all of that, but it's obviously not a letdown spot because you're one game away from getting to the Super Bowl. So there's no such thing as a letdown spot in the playoffs. I do think that. Uh, The Bengals have the playmakers to, you know, as we saw with with Buffalo uh, score some points and, you know, Kansas City doesn't have near the defensive line that Tennessee does. And, you know, obviously Joe Burrow was sacked nine times, but I look at Uzama and Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield. And I mean, how are you not impressed by Joe Burrow? Mm -hmm. So. The, the the total has gone up, uh, what three and a half points already, Stormy. I feel like at some point you'll start to see some buyback on the under. I'm sure wise guys will be on the under eventually uh, in this AFC Championship game, but I don't know if that hook shows up. I might have to take Cincinnati. But it is interesting to me that that number hasn't really budged off of seven, and it's just sticking around there. And you would think that you know people. I guess there's no real clear teaser option, obviously, to pair that seven with, but the public's going to be on Kansas City. Hard not to be after what we just saw, and it feels like they're uh, a team with a mission right now, but uh, just my mind and how crazy it is, as we'll talk some college hoops here in just a moment, uh, I want to take the points with Cincinnati, so that's my First initial lean.
0: All right. Well, let's talk some college hoops. Let's shift there. Um, one of the more interesting games of the day. Definitely the top 10 matchup between Arizona and UCLA. First game back with fans at Pauley Pavilion. Um, are you taking the road favorite lay in the two and a half? Or what do you like here?
2: Yeah, I, I'll be honest. Uh, as of right now, I'm probably going to stay off this one. Mm. Um, you know, Arizona has been thumping teams. They're on a nice winning streak here. But you look at who they've beaten. It's, it's not all that impressive. And, you know, Stormy, uh, especially in the Big Ten, if you're getting a, a home team catching points like UCLA, it is just a a delicious thing to, to take advantage of. Um, you know, in this situation, I love that fans are back. Uh, they'll probably be juiced up at Pauley Pavilion. Uh, maybe we get a similar atmosphere like we saw earlier this year. I mean, that game in early November, I know it feels like it was eons ago, but when they played Villanova and they had the comeback uh, to beat Villanova in overtime. Mm-hmm. That was spectacular to watch. These two teams are gonna play shortly uh, after down in Tucson here. Um, I-, I would have to lean towards the home dog in this spot. Uh, it was at three and that those threes got gobbled up just uh, shortly there ago, so mostly two and a halfs across the market. So you know anytime I see a home team catching points, it's usually uh, antennas up for me. Mm-hmm. Arizona's been playing phenomenal so far this year. Uh, But I would lean towards uh, the Bruins catching some points at home.
0: This is the highest ranked opponent UCLA has played at home since it was Kentucky in 2015. And the Bruins did win that game. Fun fact for you. So what are you on tonight then, my friend? Give them to us.
2: All right. uh, These are going to be kind of hold your nose specials. Uh, Don't go crazy because they could get obliterated, but (laughs) uh, I'm going to take some points with Missouri here. Uh, They're taking on the number one team in the country, Auburn. I love Auburn. I have a future on them. We talked about them last night on the show with Jim Root. Um, This number started to move down a little bit. And I like these situational spots uh, so much in college football, not as much in college basketball because, you know, it's not 11 on 11, it's five on five. And, you know, when you're Auburn and you've got the best player arguably in the country and in, in Jabari Smith, it's, it's hard to overcome that Walker Kessler played so well over the weekend for against Kentucky, the UNC transfer. But, you know, I, I would take a look, maybe first half plus six and a half here for Missouri. Uh, look, Missouri is, is not very good, uh, but they have had found ways uh, they beat Alabama at home this year. Uh, you know. You're coming off the, the emotional win against Kentucky, and then you play Oklahoma upcoming this weekend. You're on the road. You're laying this big number. You're number one in the country for the first time in school history. So uh, hold your nose special here. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll take some points with Mizzou. And then real quickly, I found this interesting. I know humans talked about it, I think, this morning on Follow the Money. New Mexico's 0-6 in conference play. They got Fresno State tonight at the pit down there in Albuquerque. They're catching five. The last three games the Lobos have played, they covered all three. They lost all three, but they played Boise State, Colorado State, and Wyoming. The last two were on the road. They lost by a combined eight points. Uh, you know, those three teams in Mountain West play, Stormy, are 15-1. and one. So I'm going to go with the little Patinos here down in uh, at the pit. I will take the points with New Mexico.
0: well, Everyone's a Lobo. Woof, woof, woof. Thank you so much, Tim. You are awesome. Appreciate the time. That is Tim Murray, host of the Nightcap here on VEASAN. Make sure you tune in 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific time tonight, 10 to 1 Eastern. That's going to do it for us on My Guys in the Desert. Rush Hour and Danny Burke are coming up next.